At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. So what's the argument about water? Guys, we are doing another <laughs> destination podcast for you all. Um, it's, it's, it's actually kind of unique because we're all sitting at a desk in a hotel room together. Guys, I just downloaded Maverick Top Gun on my iPad so we can now watch it anytime we want. James, we're in Las Vegas. We're not going to watch Maverick. Uh, um, speak for your <laughs> damn self, well, Tim. Here's, here's the thing, too. Tim, Tim you're, you're staying down the street. Yeah. So yeah, James, and I, James and I are sharing a room with a very large television, um, so we will most certainly be watching Maverick at you know, every about, opportunity. This is about me size. I could be on this little end-of-the-bed couch thing. You can get out. <laughs> I've done it with you before, James. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Full-on brought a cot in one time. That's true. That is true. You can get out. Uh, also, just for memory, on that trip, I found you in bed with my wife. Mm-hmm. So maybe it wasn't weird. We were. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to another off track with Hinch and Rossi. We're gonna get straight into the hot topic of the day. It's not Laguna Seca. It's not Palo winning the race or Will winning the championship. It's is water is all water liquid? No, 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 no it's no, all, it's all liquid, liquid water. water. Right, and the answer is no. Absolutely not. Okay, <laughs> we have to. We have, so there, there's some there's some backstory. It's all in the wording, right? It is all in the wording because as I forget how we got onto this topic um, initially. What do you need, Tim? I was gonna get another drink. I wanted, how are just, you out? I wanted a non-beer drink as well, like a water. It's hot. I have, those are warm. I want to oh, okay. Sorry. But there's a sink in the bathroom. Yeah, but then I wouldn't charge you guys. If you can't figure out how to open the door, you're not allowed. So anyways, so James and I um, got the opportunity to go wine tasting in Napa yesterday um, with our significant others and my uh, father and some friends. And um, at about three o'clock when we were in the shuttle bus from winery number 11, uh, we, <laughs> to number 12. To number 12. We kind of got into an argument about liquid. Heated debate. And so my point that I was trying to make, and maybe I didn't convey it correctly because of, you know, winery number 11. Right. Um, was that all things that humans consume that are in liquid form, are the majority of it is made up of water. Okay, right. So you're saying that it's water with something else that makes it taste. So like, no, no, no I'm, well, saying, no, I'm, saying, I'm is... saying tomato. His example initially was 
oh, well, tomato juice, there's no water in it. Well, tomatoes are 89% water, so that's oh, not true. Okay. So, yeah, so his, his he, he was, like, at the core of everything, or that, would, that maybe been yeah. Becky's word, was, like, at the core of everything that humans consume yeah, okay. in liquid form. I think you saw where I was going to go it's with It's majority, this, you know? yes, it's like, majority like this, water. This, this lovely, truly, that I'm drinking right now, number one ingredient, filtered water. Right, yes, beer. Mainly water. Why? Right. A lot of water. Okay, but so, so you start you, at the consume part of the argument? No, or did that get no, it? That was it's, qualified. It, right. It started okay. with all water. No, all liquids are water. And, and man, I disagree with that one real bad. But, and but, we, but like, here's mercury, right. oil, oh, but, oil. Yeah. So first of all, none of those were Tim's. Liquid were, nitrogen. Were, were James's rebuttals. His <laughs> was, well, molten steel is liquid. Still counts. He's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Your face. Ah, uh, your face is wet. <laughs> Anyways, guys. So we solved that problem using long division, and so... <laughs> how did the division factor into this? Oh, no, that didn't at all. Okay, because I saw... That what didn't seem like a math problem. No, that... No, that was a totally separate conversation. I like that you moved the can closer. Do you have any chips? Can you throw me some chips? Yeah, yeah, some peanut no, M&Ms. they don't have chips here. Sure I can do. see nope. them with my eyes. Nope. They're here. <laughs> Cheese is. Is that a chip? Or is that a cracker? That's a cracker. I think it's water. God damn it. You know I'm not going to edit this because we're in Vegas. I'm throwing up whatever we record. And whatever you drink. Um, So, yeah, so Alex and I, again, after the 12th one... Welcome to the last episode of Off Track with Inch and Rossi. Jackass. So no, after, it won't be. It's just the last one you'll be a part of. <laughs> Dude, we uh, can just split our money now. Yeah, much. we're keeping your 33% of the money. How is your bathroom bigger than my hotel room? <laughs> Wait till you see the other main bathroom. Yeah, this, this is the small bathroom. And this is the small balcony. Never mind. So yeah, so after the 12th winery... We started talking about... Getting that P10 money, huh? I said... (laughs) I started talking about long division. I finished nine in the championship, you... Just going off the race. (laughs) Right? Did you finish ninth in the race, too, though? You finished 10th? No, I guess 10th. You should have gotten 7th, but there were some last lap shenanigans. Yeah, there were some shenanigans. I don't know. I should have gotten 7th. You were running in 7th. That was the last lap. There you go. Well... Last three laps. I don't know. I didn't really watch. So long division took us a second to get. I don't understand what the math had to do with it. It just I just realized that I didn't remember how to do long division. And neither of us did. And right. And so we started we started we started just trying to figure it out on our own on it with a pen. What's seventeen divided by eight hundred and thirty two? Well, 17 divided by 832 would be like a very small fraction. No. Nope. You give me a piece of paper, I can do that. Yes, he means, 17 he means, he divided he means by. 832 divided by. Sorry. <laughs> 832 divided by. Uh, let's see. It'd be somewhere around 40. No, not somewhere around. This is not a. Okay, but you had game. paper. I, in my head, that was pretty good, I think. What did you say? 840 divided by 17. No, 832 divided by 17 is is not around 40. It's 48. Close enough. I'll take 48. it. 48.9. It's 49. Yeah, fair enough. So it's you're <laughs> pretty far off. Okay, but for in my head it's real quick, 50. you guys had it's the paper. 100. You guys had the paper out. Uh, yes, but we were I trying to we, we were trying to show our work and do the whole thing and like remember how to do it. And embarrassingly, I think, I don't know if it's embarrassingly, I feel like a lot of people don't remember how to do long division because mm-hmm. there are more efficient ways of doing division. Yes, not I don't mean on your phone calculator people. But anyway, we watched a couple of YouTube videos, and we ended up getting pretty good at it by the end. No, no, like, 
Well, I'm disappointed about because I'm eating my cheese. I was gonna say how small that bag of cheese was because now no. it's empty. Had we been able to learn things in school via YouTube, like the the things you have access now. Like oh yeah, self. That's a great point. Yourself thing. That's a great point. It's unbelievable. The things that I've taught myself mm -hmm. through YouTube is pretty impressive. If yeah. I had had that in school, like this I'm, generation has no excuse to be dumb. Yeah, I remember when Wikipedia like point. first I, became a thing when I was in high school, and they're like, "You can't cite you cannot, Wikipedia." Yeah, absolutely. And it was like, "Well, I'll just use whatever Wikipedia cites." Well, no, but that's <laughs> like, no, but that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but no, I, I'm with you. I've I've learned many things from. Uh, from YouTube, I plan to learn many more things from YouTube. Yep. So wait, is that should you should YouTube videos be like a like a valid tool that current teachers use and encourage kids? We should start a series of educational YouTube videos. I don't think we're the guys to do it. You guys so, couldn't remember long division. So but here's, we figured it out on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, so. We're the poster children for learning stuff so, on so YouTube. Here's something, so really, cool. here's something really cool that I saw, and I really it, it meant a lot. Not because I had a damaged childhood or whatever but there was a guy that was on youtube that started doing these short two to five minute videos teaching young boys things that they would have learned from their father but if they didn't have oh father. i did see that so how yeah. to shower yeah. or so not how to shave how to tie <laughs> a tie that's a weird how, video. how to change oil in your car yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I, was, I remember reading like, about that's this. really cool that is cool that that was a great idea that i don't know idea. that what we what type of knowledge we could impart on people okay so how about useful. I wonder if there's a market for videos around something like how to podcast. You're a, no, we we're not, not very good at that. Yeah. You don't want to. <laughs> you want to learn from us. It's more like we're not you're an adult now. On this one. There's a talent. There's a skill set that you probably did have when you were in school or you learned in school that for some reason randomly has come into, you know, your life again. And there's a need to know it, but you forget. Don't know. Sad. <clears throat> they taught us long division, but not how to do our taxes. Yeah. I know bed mass, but I didn't know what a mortgage was. We mm -hmm. call it PEMDAS. What? Parentheses, exponentials, yeah. uh, multiplication, division, addition, subtraction. But I knew what you meant. Wow. Yep. Like, is bed mass a Canadian thing? Yep, or is it yes. just like an old version it's a Canadian of... Canadian thing. Very Canadian. I've had, we've had this conversation before. And you're also wrong. Oh, no, it's probably with your brother. I with my brother. Yeah. You're wrong. That's, well, I don't think I'm wrong, because how often do you use... And this is a gen, like genuine question, right? Mm-hmm. When you use the little half moon shaped character to put something in between. Parenthetical? Yeah. What do you call them parentheses? You call them brackets. Brackets, brackets. are a different thing. So that, that is a square one. That's a square one. The crescent moon is a, is a parenthesis. Right. And well, then what do you the call squared square off one, one is a bracket. bracket. Right. But how often do you call the parentheses a bracket? Never. You don't. It's a bracket when it's squared. Yeah. I don't agree with your statement. No. I agree that that's factually correct, but I think you still call parentheses brackets. Sure don't. No. Parenthetical is one of my favorite words. That is really nothing. I can see how quickly you came to that, that yeah. it's something that you like, like using. It. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> bed mass if you're Canadian. PEMDAS, what was it? PEMDAS. Yeah. PEMDAS if you're, um, if you use if the, you're the if, moon. If you use the imperial system. Anyways, guys, there was a race, there was, there was a race this past weekend that apparently no one watched. Um, so we're going to. We're going to get you up to speed. You have to cut that? Why do you have to cut no, that? No, don't I? Okay. No. Mr. NBC here. I thought we might. I, he didn't say it. <laughs> what happened in the race? Um, <clears throat> not a whole lot, Jay. Are we breaking down the weekend? Are we going to go through the championship finale? Do we really want to? That's like, what I'm asking. Who's should at, we? Who's at your front door? Don't know. 
All right. I mean, I feel like anybody who listened here, they probably watched the race, so we don't need to like recap it, but we can talk about if there's any insight from you guys that you wouldn't have gleaned from watching it. Okay. Uh, is anyone surprised that Will Power won the championship? No. Okay. Was anybody expecting anyone other than Will Power to win the championship? No. Was anyone surprised that Alex Pillow won by 33 seconds? That was yes. weird. That was a surprise. With a caution that? on, like, lap 38. Correct. So he had two-thirds of the race right. to open a 30-second gap. Mm-hmm. He had a penalty in qualifying, so he's qualified fifth, started 11th, drove his way to the front, and then drove away. From every other race car. From every other super talented driver and very capable team in the IndyCar series, including the champion. the champion and the guy that's won five races this year. Yeah. Both on the most dominant team in the season by a country mile. So, yeah, I mean... I think I'm surprised that we went into the last race with Alex Pillow having not won a race yet. Yeah. Though I've said multiple times he probably should have won mid-Ohio. But, man, the way he put an exclamation mark on that was pretty phenomenal. So what was crazy for me and where I knew he was incredibly strong was... When he passed you like you were sitting still? Right. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> to be fair, that's your words for right. quite, To be fair. To be fair. Quite a few people um, on Sunday passed me like I was sitting still. But that's not the <laughs> point. The point is, I was on new reds that only had three laps on them. So for those that, that watched or those that didn't watch, you know, tire, tire life and dag at Laguna Seca is, is incredibly high. Um, it's just part of the surface um, that, that exists there. It's kind of our last race that we're going to have like this at Laguna because they're repaving it. So that sort of fall off that you have on the, the Firestone tires isn't going to exist anymore. But it did this year. And so kind of the, the two things you're trying to balance throughout the weekend is obviously your single lap ultimate pace, but also like managing that pace over a stint. Right. And there was kind of theories of people trying to do a four stop. We thought that was a little bit wild. It came up so much in the Peacock shows in practice. But, like, I, I never really believed that that was a possibility. I never thought yeah. for a second it was a possibility. On what planet other than the Indy 500 do you do more than three stops? Right. And and on top of so you lose 27 to 29 seconds on a pit stop. And so the whole point of, like, an, uh, uh, whether it's a four-stop versus three-stop or a three-stop versus two-stop, the only way the extra stop works is if you can pass all the other cars, right? right? So the deg's so bad, but your speed is so great with the new tires, you can pass cars. It works in places like Iowa, because there's two lanes you can drive around people if your tires are better, right? Laguna Seca is known as one of the most difficult tracks to pass on. And so the thought of adding an extra stop, even with a little bit more deg, it just didn't seem realistic. Right. Even all of our simulation software showed that it was 30 seconds slower a three stop. Even after warm up, when people yes. ran the reds and we looked at the numbers, we're like, okay, they fall off, but it's I, doable. I thought it was so doable to do it on a three stop. I chose to start on used reds. Yeah, it was yeah, three yeah, of the four Andretti Autosport cars start on used reds because yeah. our belief was that yes, the, the the used reds are gonna have a big fall off, the reds are gonna have a big fall off, but there's such a pace advantage, kind of similar to the NDGP, and the blacks fall off pretty aggressively as well. And so from all of our historical data that we had and data throughout the weekend is, all the tires kind of went off a cliff around lap 12 to 14. So Regardless like, of new, re- used, red, black. Exactly. Yeah. It, they, they made it 12 laps and then the thermal temperature and the thermal deg existed regardless of the tire compound you were on. I think that was just us. <laughs> <laughs> because my point at the beginning of all this was, and I can say this now because 
unaffected. Yeah. So <clears throat> the point of me saying that is I came out after my first stop on new reds in like P5, P6, so we lost some some track position on the used reds. Yeah. Kind of to be expected. Yeah. If we didn't, we were like laughing because we were going to win right. the race. Right. And I had only three laps on my tires, so they were still in really good shape. And Pelot came by me on three lap newer tires and was going 1.3 seconds faster. That's wild. That and is like, wild. I was trying. Yeah. Obviously. He was, he was I don't think you go out there a lot and not try. It was right? no, it was just it was just the rate. So then I was kind of fighting with Callum at this point and I was kind of stuck at that one and a half, two second gap and couldn't really get closer and I was trying to protect the tire, so I didn't really want to do too much. He passed me and then a lap later passed him and then a lap later passed Pato. Yeah. On a track that's super tough to pass. Just on. passing cars every single lap. It right. was like he was in a different category. But that's the thing, like we always talk about there's like there's usually a number when you do the analysis of how much faster you have to be over a single lap to make a pass, like realistically, without a guy making a mistake. And it's usually a number like a half second plus. Plus sometimes. Like borderline a second. Right. Most of the time, yeah. But that's what he was. He was yeah. a second faster. <laughs> no, yeah. so it, it was pretty obvious. It was wild, yeah. man. Because yeah. I thought, I kind of chuckled in the beginning because I was like, oh, man, he thinks he's a hero now, but he's going to be dying in 10 laps. So then, okay, so the way it all played out... <laughs> I was the one dying in 10 laps. Right. <laughs> right. And he was still just... <laughs> Wrong <pulling>. Alex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alex is going to be in trouble yeah, in 10 laps. Sure is. It ended up being the wrong one, yeah. but still factually correct. Yeah. I also don't think it was 10 laps, right? <laughs> Shut up, Tim. Wow. <laughs> Peanut gallery is lit well, up he's, he's a little bent out of shape that he's down the street. I am a little bit. I didn't even get the ask. I wouldn't have been able to stay here, but I didn't get the ask. <laughs> this is not our room. We I know. This. I'm not bitter with you. I'm bitter with you about other stuff. That's I don't fair. know what it is, but I'm sure you've done something. Definitely. I Definitely. Mean, get in line. So, <laughs> so here's where it got New interesting. Team, this? <laughs> where it got interesting was, so Joseph, the, the caution came out like mid-30s, okay. something like that. Yeah. I feel like Joseph had just pitted. Correct. And so he stayed out. Everyone else came in. So he had three laps on his tires, three laps less fuel, whatever, and went for it, meaning he was going to do the extra stop. Like, the pace he was going, he could not do it on fuel. I think they, they, were, they were lying to us in, in TV land, trying to be like, oh, well, we're telling them to hit a number. We think we could do it. They were just praying for the yellow. It never came. So he was balls to the wall the whole time. He had a nice big gap. So he did, we were talking about this this morning. It was almost like the closest thing to a Formula One strategy we've seen in a long time, right? Because F1 deg is so bad, and with DRS, passing is not easy, but easier. It's more straightforward. More straightforward. Yeah. So you can do the extra stop, come out behind by 20 seconds, but with fresher tires, and just work your way back up. That's exactly what Joseph did. I want to say he pit from the lead, came out in sixth or something. And with a four-second stop. It was a very quick stop because yeah. he didn't need a lot of fuel, right? So there's basically however fast, I think it was five seconds, yeah, but however fast those Penske drive, uh, crew people could get the uh, the tires on. And goes out there, burns through the whole field, gets into second place, and now we're like, okay, now he's going to chase down Pelot because Pelot's on 10 lap older tires, right. and here we go. And Pelot just kept pulling away from him. Like, Joseph drove through everybody else with, you know, a massive tire advantage, as you'd expect. And so he was like, all right, 20 seconds down, 22 laps to go. 
he's running a second a lap faster than the guys he's been passing. And then we looked at what Pelot's times where he's like, oh no, Pelot's still like three tenths quicker. So what's crazy is when we did our kind of pre-race meeting, Eric Bretzman, technical director at Andretti, and honestly, this was part of the reason why we wanted to start on these reds is because we looked at what Alex did last year. Pelot, yeah. And Hello, not me. I didn't do anything <laughs> last year except crash. I like that you had to clarify he wasn't referring to um, himself in the third person. And so, here's, here's the, the point that he brought up. Pelot started on used reds, and he said, and Colton started on new, ended up finishing, Colton won, Pelot finished second. But he said without the 26, Colton, in the race, the 10 car was on another plan. Right. It just so happened that Colton... Start up front, cleaner means a lot in terms of protecting your tires and all this stuff. And he just, obviously Colton is mega around Laguna and it was two poles and two wins in a row type thing. But take him out of the equation. And Pelot was on such another level to everyone else. So we were like, okay, our cars are pretty good. We qualified third, qualified third here, three years in a row now. <laughs> like, we can take a page out of his book because right. we know we have the speed to play that game right and it just it's something that only him and ganassi i think have have sorted out and it's amazing like, he, he, was, off. he was quick to set the test there yeah. you know two weeks before the race and and got the job done got a w in the column before the season ended and now we wait to see where he drives next year because we really have no idea we don't have any idea we've seen some stuff kind of pop up you know zach made some interesting comments over the weekend um, that you can look up uh, on motorsport, NBC, IndyCar on NBC, that sort of thing. So I think it'll be really interesting. Like ultimately, we don't ultimately that's obviously the main storyline going into the off season. Because um, everyone else, for the most part, pretty much sorted out. We have the second Junco's entry, which is great. I mean, amazing job to Callum yep. and Junco's for, I mean, qualifying on the front row. Incredible. That's, Unbelievable. Incredible. Yeah. Did it on merit. Didn't do it because some fluke yellow in right. the session was legitimately faster than 23 other cars. Faster than everybody, but the fastest qualifier and most successful qualifier in IndyCar history. We'd be remiss without noting that Will, the final race of the season, broke the tie with Mario for first all-time pole list. What was the fact you were telling me of his races, all his races he's done? Yeah. So he's been on pole 25.2% of them. That's... One in every four races <laughs> that he's done in IndyCar, Will's been on pole. That's unbelievable. It's insanity. That's how like a pretty so, good batting. How is he right? so like, How is he so fast? I don't know, man. I honestly don't know the answer. Because to like that. he is be he is beatable. Like, don't get me wrong. He did a phenomenal job this year. Obviously. hundred percent. Has accomplished way more than I have in IndyCar. Right. But he is not he's not a driver that I look at, look at in a race, right? And if I'm starting next to him, whether he's on pole or not, if I'm starting next, he's not someone where I'm like, he's going to be tough today. But on Saturday, you can't ever you can't. count him out no. for being on the pole. So what is it? Yeah, what is it about I that? don't know. He, he often has talked about his love of qualifying, right? And like that just extracting the absolute maximum for that one lap, that full commitment, like everything on the line. And this goes all the way back, man. Like I remember... When I, in my first stint as a commentator back in 2007. Wait, what? So, <laughs> funny story. When I was doing the Atlantic Championship, which was, you know, the, the Indy Lights to cart slash champ car back in the day. Okay. There were two broadcasts. There was the 
domestic feed, which was North America, basically. Then there was the international feed, which just got blasted out to 170 other countries. Right, okay. The domestic feed is the kind of important one, and, yeah. and the international feed yeah, is sort we, of like... we call those the non-moon countries. Right. And, uh, and then the rest of it was, you know, it was less important. And it was just, it was, it was singularly hosted by, by Jeremy Shaw. You know yep. Jeremy Shaw is. So he did all the commentary for it. And he would just kind of invite other people in. He didn't have a broadcast team. It was just him. And he would invite drivers or industry people to kind of sure. help him out. Yep. So one day he invited me up. And uh, after my Atlantic race for the start of the champ car race. And I'm like, cool. So I meet him at the thing, put a headset on. And he goes, all right, well, you know, let's stay for 10 minutes, stay for a segment, watch the start of the race, and then you can go or whatever. Cool. So I put the headset on. Producer says, all right, we're live to 170 countries. Don't swear. And off you go. Um, that. Yeah, to which my first, exactly, my first thought was, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't gonna, but then you said it. Now it's all I can think about. So <laughs> so I, I got to like the first commercial break and he goes, that was fun. Now, did you want to stay for another one? And I said, yeah, I got nothing else to do. So I stayed for another one. Long story short, I ended up staying for the whole race. And then at the end of the race, he took his headset off. He goes, what are you doing next week? And so for the rest of the season, as soon as I finished the Atlantic race, I would run up to the booth and help Jeremy Shaw on the international Subtle broadcast. plug. Hi, I'm James. I'm so talented at everything I do. <laughs> I was not. That was my takeaway. Yeah. 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 Well, my cross to bear. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> whilst doing the 2007 season. You don't hear a good whilst enough. He, being Will, qualifying oh, at... Uh, Surfer's paradise. So like street street courses, man, especially like his his unbelievable I, I commitment. I remember his surfer's paradise. Yeah, was... I I remember calling that and just being like floored by his commitment over one lap, especially when there's walls everywhere. Like just unreal. So huge congrats to Will on the pole award, and huge congrats to Will on the championship, man. Like I'm so happy for him. I'm honestly. so happy like, for him. I, I love Joseph. I obviously have it. We all know on this podcast, James and I both have a huge crush and amount of respect for Scott Dixon but I just think it's been a long time coming for Will he's yep. so talented in everything he's he, the fastest IndyCar driver ever ever so he, I did call that uh, I did call the poll I, th I thought he was going to win the race though too damn it <laughs> so what I, what I love about Will's season is if you look back through Will's history right you know he had three years in a row there where he won like four to six races went into the finale leading the championship three years in a row ended up losing the title and then you know he got his he got his first title in, in 14 he kind of bucked the trend but that was a tough stretch for sure gets his 500 win you know everybody remembers the whole now now you'll respect me and show me respect or show me respect something something's oh i believe it was mother that was that is I think what he said, <laughs> but he you know he's had a totally different demeanor this year. We've talked about it a lot on like if you watch Peacock practice sessions and whatever. We talked about it in the races too, but he just seems to be a lot more at peace, a lot calmer, and just kind of driving for him. At 10 p.m. at Indy, he was barefoot stealing scooters and moving outdoor furniture with myself, Colton, and Scott. Yeah, and Joseph. This is not something old Will would have done. No, and he was having a great time. Yeah. Have you seen those videos? Yes. Did he ever release them? No. But you did show me the videos. Or he, he said, like, can we release them? Very funny. Can this point, track release yeah, them? Yeah, at this point, yeah. we probably could. At this point, yeah. it's not a big issue. <laughs> yeah. we'll um, so can congrats, we also, Will. Just real quick, talking about pranks, though. Can we talk about the one you and Colton did on Dixon? Um, I think it's too old. I mean, it happened after Iowa. It was a long yeah, time I ago. We, I didn't know about it. I feel like not that many people know about it. Let's let's wrap up Laguna first. Okay. 
because uh, the other thing that I just want to briefly note about Laguna and the end of the season, Christian Lundgaard. Yeah, man. Christian Lundgaard finished fifth, so in and of itself deserves some praise for another phenomenal race. Uh, but more importantly, locked up the Rookie of the Year Championship, which he's led from round one. Uh, absolutely incredible. You know, that <clears throat> that team, it's not hidden. We're not saying anything that would offend them. They get it. Did not have a strong first half of the season. They were struggling for pace overall, but Christian just, he kind of did what Graham does. Like, we've talked about this. <clears throat> Graham on a Sunday is so good at just literally throwing the car on his back and, and carrying it through a Sunday to bring home, like, a top 10 when he qualifies, you know, 19th. 19th to 23rd, something, yeah. you know, just, he just, that, and, you know, obviously not just him, team's got to do their job in the pits and strategy and the whole bit, but he is such a, he's such a clutch Sunday, you know, performer, and I feel like Christian learned some of that from, uh, from Graham, or certainly shows some of the same traits, because for the first half of the year, he was bringing home those 10ths to 13ths when he's qualifying 18th to 22nd sort of thing, because of the pace of the car. They had a big turnaround mid-season. He had the podium in the GP. He had a couple other really strong uh, races going. Nashville, Portland before his problems. And then uh, and then obviously the fifth here at Laguna. But also props to David Malukas, who we've talked a lot about this year. Incredible season. Multiple uh, Firestone Fast 6 appearances. Got a podium. Took it right down to the wire. I actually kind of feel bad for David because his team royally screwed him on strategy there. because this was So this was the thing. So you guys, as the Andretti guys, were the only ones that started on used reds. And I remember being a little concerned. And then as we watched the first stint <laughs> unfold, we're like, okay, so used reds are definitely not the, the way to go. And then in his first stop, they put used reds on Malukas's car. And I was like, what, 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 why, what, why, why, why what, they do that? what, why? I think he was in the pits nine laps later. Well, yeah. He'd done two stops by lap 20. We showed them the way. I know. But nobody <laughs> hey guys, on the 18th... Here's how they for them. Nobody here's on the 18th stand was, right, <laughs> was watching. So I do feel bad for Dave because he was having a great weekend. He had a lot of pace. Um, I don't know if... I don't think he would have ultimately, you know, beat Christian, but he still could have had another good good round. Either way, two really, really strong rookies that have bright, bright futures. Huge crat. Congrats to Christian Lundgaard. Your 2022 NTT Series Rookie of the Year. Yeah, good for him, man. I mean, everyone on this podcast won a rookie of the year. Like yeah. Much. Yeah. Well. Well. <laughs> except Tim. Yeah. Yeah. And there's still time. Rookie. That, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's true. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's not, that's not. I've not seen you drive your Ford Bronco, though. You're not good. I mean, I almost beat James on the iRacing thing. Oh, my gosh. What? When we did the Indy lap. What? In your basement. I don't think that's true at all. You were going to give me $1,000 if I beat his yeah, time, and, and I was didn't. one tenth off. I don't think that is true. Yes, it absolutely is. Go back and find the podcast you could, episode you can't we even, about You it. can't even go straight on that yeah, game. Yeah, luckily it turns. <laughs> oh, yeah, I had all the, all the driving aids on. It was on PlayStation. You're misremembering this, I think sir. you are. Mis I think you may have been like 10 seconds off. I think no, what matters is you, very you were not $1,000 richer. I yeah. was very close. It was a so, fraction of a second. So... Text Philippe Albuquerque, or whatever his name is. That's just rude. That's just rude. Text Philippe Albuquerque. He was there. He'll remember. He's a legend. I know. I'm going to cut the part where I messed up his name. No, you're not. So, because we know you're not going to work at this. We know you're going to bed at 6 o'clock in the morning. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. 
That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Alex, real quick, or not, take it all the time you want, but I want to give you the opportunity to comment on your final race weekend with Andretti Autosport. Um, yeah, man, it's it was uh, it was really weird. Um, like, like weird, uh, from, like the minute you got there. Not no, it wasn't weird from the minute I got there from any sort of operational standpoint. But me inside, I knew this is the last like track walk. Right. This is the last. Thursday briefing. This is is that why you actually walked it and didn't golf cart it or tugger it? Oh, that was all staged. Oh, we one hundred percent tuggered it and just walked down the corkscrew for the photo. Topping. Uh, <laughs> I I will not walk around a track, but I also will tell you that Jeremy Millis will certainly. That's a great not point. walk. Around That's a great track. point. So yeah, um, I've said it before. Like uh, so many of those guys on my crew, and that team are are friends away from the racetrack. You know, I know their families, I know their kids, I know... You hang out on the weekends, off hang out on the weekends. Like they're, they're boating, yeah. No, but it's not just Skid. I mean, it's everyone to Marissa and Rob and Greg and even Alex Muller and then the whole engineering department. Like, there's so many people there that I've had so many experiences with. So, ultimately, this was all a decision that I think is a, a good thing for everyone, right? It right. was It was a disappointing three-year kind of program that we all had it didn't meet anyone's expectations but at the same time it was still the the effort and the commitment to each other from a team and driver and driver and team standpoint was always there so and that was so nice for me especially having come from what I experienced in Europe for so long was that as soon as things kind of got out of hand or or were not meeting people's expectations there was a lot of kind of not backstabbing, but finger pointing, finger pointing and dishonesty. And, yeah. and that never existed. It was just all trying to collectively work as a group to get better. And, and even more so, you know, when we made the decision to go our separate ways 
back in April, right? There was still the same focus to, we're still gonna try and have the best possible year. And I think that's just a credit to them as, as people, as much as them as an organization. So um, I, I look back on it with more positive memories and negative, and, and I mean that from the heart and I'll miss the people. Um, but I'm also very excited for like what's around the corner, right? Because this was a huge part of my life and, and career and they changed my career in life. And so I'll always have that kind of connection to them and I'll owe that to them in a lot of respects. Um, but things need to sometimes just have to change. And I think they're excited about it. I'm excited about it. McLaren's excited. So I think everyone is, 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 is happy. I'm sure Kyle's probably excited. So I think it's all, there was nothing negative. It was all, even the departure from, from Honda, like it was all just happiness yeah. was, was there. There was no negativity, which I think was really nice. And ultimately Sunday was a, was a sad day. Like, you know, Sunday after the race, I had a beer with my engineer and it was like, thanks man. Like we, you go from talking to that person four times a week, if not every day to like, I'm not going to probably talk to him again. I'll see him at the racetrack. And yeah. We might run into each other in an airport or have a beer or whatever, but like that person, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, 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 basically it's your, your work wife. wife. Yeah. Right. It's your work wife. And now it's just like, well, not going to talk to him again. And yeah. it's just, it's a strange kind of situation, but, um, it's, yeah. so, it's so strange because as a, as a young driver coming up, right, you're, you're usually switching teams every year. Right. So you never have the opportunity to build too close a relationship with anybody necessarily. And then you get to Andretti in 16, you and Jeremy started working together in 17, right? right Your yeah. engineer, Jeremy Millis. So for six of your seven years, you're there, to, yeah, like you say, working hand in hand with this person to yeah. make everything go. Six years is a long time. It's a long time. Well, that's like your entire junior formula career up to IndyCar was like five, seven years or right, something right. like that. So, so I mean, I'm, I'm so appreciative for everything. Um, I'll miss the people. Um, but now I'm looking forward to kicking the <laughs> and so that's, that's I'm sure cool. they. I'm sure they feel the same way. Good luck. <laughs> You know what's cool, though? No, it, with both of you guys, because in the past, you've definitely seen drivers leave teams and there's been a lot of acrimony or there's been, like, bad feelings. That, you know, you've, you've definitely seen it be a bad break. For sure. It did not feel like that at all. I mean, they had the nice moment where everybody signed the front of your car. They got, When they asked Moeller to That's sign cool. it, like, he was legitimately emotional when he was writing the thing. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, throughout the year, there's been some very public, contentious situations yeah. all on Mid-Ohio. But what's actually amazing about it is, in a way, I think that actually changed the team in a lot of a lot of ways. There was more accountability for everyone after that, and there was then between Roma and I, there was actually a mutual respect that was gained. And he actually, him and I, started working together pretty well. Mostly, I think, because we share a kind of a bond over aviation. He's getting his pilot's license, so we were able to kind of break the ice right. talking about Fun, airplanes common ground that wasn't racing exactly yeah. but I think he is a as a person in terms of his involvement with the team and his willingness to be a part of the team definitely changed after mid-Ohio Colton and I Colton and I's acceptance of him changed after mid-Ohio because I think there is as much as in that moment you absolutely hate each other you can't help but respect the person for for not so, backing down, right? right? For yeah. having that they same They did what you would, did it, it, exactly. what you would do in a way, yeah. Have that same passion and commitment to try and, and beat everyone. Like, right. you get it. Like, you understand that type of thing. So, anyway, so I think in a lot of ways, I, I leave the team really happy with getting the ability to work with Devlin. 
um, you know, he became someone that became a, a little kind of brother aspect, like that, that aspect existed with him. It ended up being a, a pleasure to work with Roma, and obviously Colton became one of my closest friends in life, just like Ryan um, and, and Marco did as well. So there's so many things that Andretti Autosport gave me as a, as a person and a driver um, that will be with me for the rest of my life. So regardless of race results or missed opportunities, I think those are the things that I'll look back on with, with the best memories. Well, hey man, as a, as a very good friend of yours and as a fan of the sport, uh, I think it's safe to say a lot of fans gained you know, a new favorite driver in your stint in the 98 slash 27 for Andretti Autosport slash Brian Hurd Autosport. The alleged uh, fan favorite. The alleged <laughs> fan favorite. Uh, Still think that is completely fake. Fake folks. Maricopa County, man. I don't that's know. Like, <laughs> that's why my prize is a pizza. Like, they knew it was fake. No, no. The good people at Fanimation made you a fan. It's oh, true. That's true. The Fanimation events, the IndyCar yeah. Fan Award fan. Yeah. That's true. By Fanimation. By Fanimation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it was, it was a great sim, man. It was, it was a very cool chapter in, you know, what will, has already been and will continue to be a long and successful IndyCar career. So on behalf of fans of IndyCar, thank you for what you've done in, uh, in that stretch. And we are very excited about what comes it's gonna next. It's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. Speaking of what comes next, what are we going to talk about next week? Oh, this trip. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. This is the before. Yeah. This, next week's going to be the in memoriam for me. I right. can't wait to see how many people end up in jail. <laughs> well, guys, tune in next week to see how many people end up in jail. And thanks for your support this season. Uh, we're, we're still going. Off Track with Inchin Rossi continues year-round, unfortunately for you. Uh, we will not have much IndyCar to discuss unless something really crazy happens. And then we're you just going to talk about how wet water is. Oh my no, god. No, we're gonna have a good we're gonna we're gonna figure some things out. We're gonna change direction, I think, a little bit. We're gonna have a good off season. I can't wait to tell you guys all about us relearning calculus. And how many times we watched Top Gun Maverick in Las Vegas. Which we are gonna start what? immediately. No, no, I can't that audio I'm gonna have to cut. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network, and if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though I have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Find us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. The music you heard on this episode is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patent Public Library. You can find him online at hollandpatentpubliclibrary.com. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean fit. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.